You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast, where we talk to Bron Ballantyne. Bron has been a very busy person, in fact, is still a very busy person. She's even had a couple of knee operations because she loves to ski and she wanted to keep on those skis. But since then, she's also started running and she loves it. In fact, she says running has taught her so many lessons, including if you think you can't, then you must. Enjoy. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, I'm excited to introduce you to one of my friends, Bronwyn Valentine. How are you? Hi, I'm really well, thank you. So often on the podcast, lately I've been talking to people that I've never met before until they came onto the podcast, but I can't say that with you. So this is kind of fun. It is lots of fun. So thank you for having me. Because we haven't actually had to have a, you know, got to have a chat really for a while. Um, So I can dig into what you've been up to lately. Not to mention, I don't know that much about your history, like where you grew up and things like that. So it's going to be really fun for me to learn more about you. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. (laughs) So Rowan, let's start with your childhood. Where did you grow up? Well, I'm actually West Australian by birth. Are you really? I am. I did not know. I know. And um, my parents used to move around a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And we went from Western Australia and then lived in the Pacific Islands for a couple of years. Oh, wow. And then... When I was in grade eight, I was sent back to Australia to live with my grandparents for a year. And then my family, came, the rest of my family mm-hmm. came back to Western Australia for a couple of months, I think. And then we moved to Tasmania when I was in grade nine and I've never left. <laughs> so <laughs> what did your parents do that, that caused them to travel all over the place? Um, my dad was in the ministry, so he, um, yeah, so we used to move every couple of years and um, I, my claim to fame in that, if you can call it that, is that I moved schools 12 times during my schooling. <laughs> well, did that just make you really good at making friends? <laughs> I think so, and it's just the perspective that you have, I think, because my, my sister... Obviously, she's younger than me, but we had, you know, similar childhood. Mm. Um, but she sees it completely differently than I saw it. So I saw it as an opportunity to make new friends mm. and meet people, particularly when we lived overseas. We we lived in a tourist attraction, which I loved. And um, we I used to go and hang out with the tourists from all around the world all day oh, wow. at this beautiful cave pool. Um, in Western Samoa, it was called Piola, and um, and I used to go and hang out there with all the tourists and um, people who were on yachting trips around the world that more off the where the pool was, and um, and I'd just have a ball. Um, and my sister, she, yeah, even though we had the same opportunity in the same life, she saw it differently. She she didn't enjoy making new friends all the time, and 
um, that sort of thing. So it's very interesting how, yeah. Isn't how it? It's fascinating, isn't it? It's different. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's kind of that nature versus nurture yeah. conversation, isn't it? Like, yeah, you know, she's you a far more reserved same. person to me. Yeah. 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 So we are born with, you know, these unique gifts, really, aren't we? That yeah. set us up to be whoever we are. And they're yes. often seen even in those those examples of childhood where our you know siblings have the same experience as us. But when they recount it, it doesn't always sound the same. As it, no, even though, exactly. Even yeah. though it was. It's sort of they yeah. had a different experience, different perceptions. It's yeah. that's fascinating. <laughs> so so what did um what did sport look like for you at school? Well, in all this traveling, well, sport like I loved sport, mm-hmm. but little athletics and things like that were weekends. And mm-hmm. because dad was um, a religious person, we were um, required to be at church. Yep. So, despite me liking athletics and being okay at it, it wasn't encouraged. So, yep. we were encouraged um, to like musical and that sort of thing so yeah well I kind of underlying I had a natural like I wasn't a fantastic athlete or anything but I had a natural I was naturally drawn to physical activities and physical activities but it was never encouraged oh so at school you obviously remember enjoying it especially the PE (laughs) yeah I did I enjoyed PE I played basketball when I was younger and I did gymnastics loved that yeah um in fact like I'm I'm pretty flexible Mm. which actually affects running long term um but yeah so um but uh yeah but I'm all I'm that kind of person who doesn't walk between places I'm almost running between yeah like things that I do so it's yeah it's just really interesting when you start thinking about that sort of thing yeah how Um, you move through the world naturally yeah yeah I'm a fast-paced walker or you know almost jogging when I'm doing things and yeah and when we lived overseas yeah there was a bit of like I used to swim every day because it was warm it was tropical um but I can like I've got memories like um I'd be at the, that pool that I was just telling you about and every night, I think it was 6 o'clock, I'd ring this gong, a bell, and it was prayer time for the whole village Yeah, because we were the only, they called them palangis, white people who yeah. lived in the village. And um, and so when that bell rang, I would run through this, like there was this, um, it was a um, coconut plantation. Oh. And I just have this memory running through that. <laughs> and then um, we had like student families assigned to our family. And yeah. so you just run to the first house that you could <laughs> to be there by six o'clock. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Just, but I remember and- this feeling of freedom running through mm. there. And yeah, mm. it was just, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's a beautiful memory too. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it is a lovely memory. Yeah. yeah. So when you get to, you back in Australia and eventually in Tasmania, what do you do at yeah. the end of school? What did you do? What's your As background? in grade 12-ish. Yeah, when, when you left school, what did you go on and do? Did you? 
Well, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was kind of thinking, oh, well, do I join the Navy or something like that? Wow. Um, and mum and dad convinced me to actually not join the Navy because I was indecisive about what I wanted to do yeah. and encouraged me to go to Maritime College instead. Oh. So I went off to Maritime College and started there, had a ball for a year, but during that time, I got an invitation from St. Vincent's Hospital to do sit an entrance exam because I'd done work experience there in grade 10, it must be. Yeah. And um, and so I did that, got in, and that's how I became a nurse. <laughs> so what were you doing at the Maritime College? Like what did you study? I did like it was a radio sort of course, like bec- oh, to wow. become a radio operator. Yeah. So yeah, it was sort of like, yeah, we. I was with electrical engineering students and doing that kind of thing. Um, I think the lifestyle of travelling around the world was probably what appealed to me. Yeah. Um, certainly wasn't the job. <laughs> it's quite different. When from I got you. into it, I was like, oh, this is my thing. Um, but in actual fact, it was when... Uh, um, like technology started to become, you know, more present in our lives and yeah. they were, it was probably a good thing, you know, as they say, life is happening for us, not to us. And they started phasing out that role. Yeah. And so I looked at having a deck officer, but, you know, when I was there, there were hardly any girls at Maritime College. I think I was one of five out of one of five girls out of 500 students or something oh, ridiculous. And, like, yeah, and all the guys were going, oh, you know, I don't think you're going to like it on these ships, like being the only girl and you're too feminine kind oh. of thing. And, like, now they would never say that. But um, but I kind of took all that on board and then when I got the um, invitation to become a nurse, I grasped that and... Here I am, 35 years later. <laughs> Still a registered nurse, but um, now expanding those skills to become a life coach. Well, I am a life coach now. Yeah. Oh, I'm really excited to learn more about that too, the life coaching side, as soon as that's the track that I'm exploring as well, because I think it's got a lot of potential to really yeah, help people with, with practical implementation of different things. Yeah. So, to, I'm you know. finding it amazing. And yeah, we can talk. Definitely talk more about that soon. <laughs> Very exciting. All right. So, so you go study nursing and yep. then you, well, you become a nurse. Um, you, I know you have children. What happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What kind of yeah, nursing did so you do? That I had well. my first child. So I trained at St. Vincent's yeah. in the hospital mm-hmm. and then um, met my first husband mm-hmm. um, and we um yeah he was a professional musician or still is I think and um oh, wow. had our yeah had our child um who is now about to, just about to turn 29 oh my gosh um, it goes so quick <laughs> yeah when I was in my 20s wow. my mid-20s yeah. so um then I yeah we lived on a farm yeah. and um he he was a farmer and musician yeah and um we we lived out there. I had Sam had the year off to be with him. And then um, 
at the end of that year, because uh, I'd become a trained auxiliary nurse, I used to call them a TAN um, yeah. in those days, and um, we they just developed this course. It was called a bridging course to because I were again phasing out. <laughs> Seems to be a common thread, right? Yeah, be careful um, where which industries you get into. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So they they were phasing out this trained auxiliary nurse position in the hospitals and. The university had um, developed this course, a bridging course for us to go from being a trained auxiliary nurse, which was two years training in a hospital, to get our degree. Yeah. So it was four years part-time, if my memory serves me correct. Yeah. Um, and so I went from, like, Sam was 10 months old and we were living on a farm yeah. to then going to uni um part-time we moved into town left the farm my husband became an apprentice plumber I went to uni and was still working 0.8 which was my yeah contract at St Vincent's Hospital so yeah lucky we had age on our side I was just thinking though oh my goodness how did we do that knowing you though it doesn't I'm not really surprised that you managed to squeeze all of those things into a normal you know, 24 hours a day. Maybe that's where I learned to do it. <laughs> it just fits so much in. So so then you completed that, I assume. I completed yes. that and I, I did my first two years part-time and then I went 0.5 at work and did full-time for a year to finish it off quickly. And then I was invited to go into an honours year. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I went into that and from there my career just escalated. So I um, I worked in at the LGH because I'd, yep. I'd left St Vincent's um, to do my honours because mm-hmm. we had to actually be employed at the LGH at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I did that and then from there I decided that I might like to get into management. Of course. As you do when you've just finished uni. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, off I went to find a um, position that might be something that was, well, was very way outside my comfort zone. Um, But I wanted to challenge myself and find something different to what I'd been doing already for 10 years. So um, I... My honest thesis was on um, it. It was looking at elderly people in a hospital and how they come in independent, mm-hmm. and how as nurses, because we're so busy and um, we just have to, you know, <laughs> you have to do what you have to do to get mm. through the day and get everybody looked after and mm. um, make sure everyone gets their pills on time and everything like that. We were actually creating dependence in these people mm. and so they were losing skills like life skills while they yeah. were in our care yeah um and so they would come in independent and leave dependent they could like yeah. sometimes they couldn't even brush their teeth anymore oh, because yeah. we'd take off their dentures off them and clean them for them and give them back because it was quicker than you know yeah. <laughs> going through the process of helping them to get up out of bed slowly yeah. walk to the bathroom all of that sort cetera, of stuff so yeah yeah, so that led me into working. Um, I, I went and worked for the manor, it was called, yep. um, in those days. Manor. It's now One Care. Mm-hmm. 
and they had this little program. Um, it was um, a community program. Mm-hmm. So it was just in their retirement village at that point in time. There were 15 clients and um, I took, took on this role like this. Um, another parent where my child went to school he worked for the same organization Mm -hmm. and so I was talking to him one day and he was telling me how this position had become available because the person who was in it had just left and nobody knew how to run the program Mm -hmm. Um, and so I went oh well if you'll give me a go I'll give it a go and (laughs) in true bold me fashion of course and and um so I went in I had the government guidelines because it was a government-funded program. I highlighted it, tabbed it, <laughs> became friends with the guy who ran the program in Hobart and learnt how to run this program through their guidelines. Yeah. Um, and then through that, we just went from strength to strength and um, expanded and did funding applications and got different programs And then when I left there, we had 500 clients on our books and all these amazing programs and all these incredible people working with us. That's awesome. Yeah, so it was really cool. So that was my first experience, I guess, of expanding myself, um, pushing me to the limits, going way outside of my comfort zone. And what we were saying, that quote that I said to you before, sometimes you have to take the leap build and build your wings on the way down. Yeah. That's exactly what I did. And I think I've taken that forward with me um, if I reflect on that. Um, okay. Because then, yeah, then then after that, this is a very little tell, told story, Michelle, yeah. because in nursing we kind of don't tell other people what we do. Yeah. We don't brag about what we do. So I don't often tell people <laughs> that I did that and then from there I again put myself outside of my comfort zone and went for a director of nursing position in a nursing home and got that so, of course you did yeah so there's there's something not unusual but that people who are prepared to put their hand up and take responsibility yeah. like because you know I heard you talk about you know they were already rules and regulations in place and the guidelines from the government there is a certain type of personality who would just follow that to the letter and not necessarily try and improve it or to expand it or to try and make it better. So like that in itself, that says a lot to me about what your personality is like. <laughs> you, you, you took it on as a challenge, even though it was out of your comfort zone and, and things like that, you you took responsibility for it and, yeah. and yeah. also the responsibility of its you know, doing well or not doing well, you took that all on yourself and, and we were able to to make it work, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah so it was it. fun. So, like, I, I kind of, the things that I enjoyed was or and still enjoy to this day are taking new things on and getting them working. Mm. And then I would then get other people in who have the skills that I don't necessarily love or excel at. Um, who are more the methodical people who can see, you know, well, I know we need, you know, policies and procedures written up for these. So they're, they're the kind of people who love doing that sort of thing. So yeah. that's, that's what we did. Well, you know, and that in itself is a skill to be able to um, to delegate is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. <laughs> that being able to delegate, I feel like this could turn into a business conversation. Uh, yeah. How to delegate all those tasks that you know aren't necessarily your skill set, someone else's, 
you know, yeah. rather than being, you know, the control freak person who wants uh, to, who, who wants to do all of the things because not necessarily because they're good at them, but just because they don't know how to do the delegating. Yeah. Well, so. yeah, it's something that you have to get comfortable with, I guess. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah, I get, I guess my management style was always a very collaborative management mm -hmm. style. So yeah, I always talk mm. through things with people. And so I like them to feel very much part of the decision-making process and yeah. Yeah, brainstorming yeah. and yeah. Yeah, and it gives that also gives the team responsibility for the outcomes of what you're doing. So yeah. I love it. I love it. So they, so you go on and you're like a director of nursing at a yep. at a nursing home. Yeah. Um, how many years are we down to oh. your nursing career by then? Oh golly, I'm not actually sure. Um. Well, yeah, it depends. I guess it would have been fourteen yeah. years from the start. Yeah. And only four years in, because I'm sure I was under, I was, think I was around four, year four or five as a registered nurse at that point. Oh, so wow. I was not, yeah, it was kind of a bit unheard of that you would become a director of nursing in that quicker time. But I had the 10 years prior experience. Yeah. So, and then I had experience in expanding this community program. Mm. And, you know, we had input on the national level and that sort of thing as well. Um, and so then, yeah, the, I think for me, going into residential aged care, I could see, like, I guess I went in with this, mm. you know, bright, <laughs> sparkly enthusiasm <laughs> to kind of, um, because I guess I, if, if I'm thinking about it now, like even from my thesis, my, my um, focus had been to keep people independent mm. and give them control. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess I probably went in, if I'm honest about it, to the residential care facility wanting to do the same thing. Yeah. So because it's a very similar situation to a hospital. There's mm -hmm. like aged care facilities run off their feet. Like it's yeah. so demanding um, and, you know, very rewarding work mm. if you can actually spend time with people but that that's part of the issue there's not mm. a lot of time because there's not a lot of resources yeah. um so I guess I my pie in the sky kind of idea was to try and get it more like how we operated in in community because mm -hmm. our aim and you know <laughs> I actually used to counsel people not to go into a nursing home mm. um, when I was working in the community because there's amazing community um, programs out Important. there mm -hmm. and so long as you you know you have to have that mindset of being able to do things and wanting to do things and remain independent but when you're at home your your care worker so if you can understand what I did like I said to you before when you think of a nurse you wouldn't think of what I did but mm -hmm. I worked at a computer with yeah. spreadsheets and I was rostering people. So I would roster people to go from my house to your house to the next person and mm -hmm. that sort of thing in an efficient manner. Yeah. That was really human logistics, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so then um, when that when that care worker arrived at your house, there's no bells going in the rest of the facility with other people needing you. Mm. So they're fully focused on you. And so you don't get that experience in a residential care facility. Like some, I come in and take you to the loo. Yep. 
um, but then 10 other people are also wanting my attention. So I'm mm. always thinking, oh, gosh, I've got to get to them because that bell's been ringing for ages. So, you know, there's these competing demands and it makes me, I, I can feel myself getting mm. tense just thinking about it. But yeah. um, at home, that person is fully focused on you. Mm. So, yeah, so it's a different. So, so it's a different vibe, different really, thing. if you yeah. And I thought I could do it in residential care and maybe I gave up too quickly. But um <laughs> but <laughs> so what happened? Tell us. Oh you... what happened was that my well, when I went into that role as director of nursing, my I'd just left my husband. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd yeah. become a single mum. Mm-hmm. I'd just left my husband and I was head down just concentrating on other things other than my life that <laughs> around mm-hmm. me wasn't going as well as I would have loved it to. Um, and I got to the end of that year and I went, what the heck am I doing? My kid is now 11 years old. Oh, there you go. That's how old he is. That's where we are. <laughs> uh, yeah, he would have been 10, 10 years old, I think. Yeah. And I actually really can't remember a lot of his childhood. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what am I doing? <laughs> well, so, so so that what you this is the result of of moving into the residential home. Yeah, this is a result of just working so hard mm. and like this will give you an idea of like I was on call 24 hours mm. a day for yeah. all the like we had resident like nurse registered nurses working 24 hours a day in the facilities. Mm. We had we were buying like our organization was buying more facilities as well because that's what you needed to do mm. to remain viable um and um I was at a board meeting one day this was probably the decision making moment I was at a board meeting one day and it was very difficult at that time and I'm guessing it's maybe similar still I'm not sure because I've been out of it for so long um but the the board started talking about um, making one of the rooms into a room for me because um, if we couldn't get particularly night duty was difficult to get mm-hmm. staff for. Yeah. And if somebody called in sick, we often didn't have anybody else to fill in. So even though I'd been there all day, I would then have to stay there and do a night shift because you had to have a registered nurse in the building. Wow. So that would be me. So I would like do some work or have a snooze in the office or that sort of thing and they'd come and wake me up. But the board started talking about making a room into a room for me so that when I'm there doing my night shift, I've got a room. And I'm going, what am I doing? (laughs) Is this for me? And the answer was no. Yeah. And so I was very fortunate that I had an amazing CEO who then could see that, you know, I was working hard and could, like, I had skills that could be valuable in the organisation still. So rather than resigning, mm-hmm. he created amazing project positions for me <laughs> so I could work during school hours only. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so awesome. I'd start at, I'd, I'd work like 8.30 to 3 or something or other, for example, yeah. um, because before that I... um 
my son, I would have, I'd pay a girl to come and get him ready for school so I could go into work early. Mm. She would take him to school and she's beautiful. Claire, who works at Stillwater, she's amazing. <laughs> Love her. Yeah, Claire. <laughs> and, um, and then um, we would, like, he would, I would go to work. He would go to school. He would then go from there to after school care. I would you know, run through the gate at six o'clock to pick him up, <laughs> go have dinner somewhere, usually like out or something like that, go home, yell at him to get his homework done, <laughs> get him to bed and then keep working. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Isn't it funny? Cause you think, well, there are moments when life is chaos. Like there are seasons, I should probably say where our life can be chaos like that. But if, in those moments when we stop and we think, you know, life is what's happening right now. Is this how I picture <laughs> how I want my life? Yeah. And um, unfortunately, sometimes in some of those seasons, it's not. And I guess no. that's what, what you found. Yeah. And then that, again, opened up some amazing opportunities for me. So we we then did like all sorts of things, like um, created a collaboration with um, TAFE yeah. Um, so we became an aged care learning centre and had this um, national, um, like we had the minister down for aged care wow. for the opening and we went off and um, we wrote papers and went and presented at conferences and things like that. So that was cool. And I did like a return to work program for um, the organisation and, yeah, I did lots of little before I then met my current husband <laughs> and had my second child who <laughs> is just about to turn 16 this year wow. and um, off we went on a different tangent so yeah and that that actually when she was born well actually a month before because she decided she <laughs> she required me to rest for a month before she was born Good um girl. yeah um yeah then I um I ended up resigning from that position yeah. um, because she had a few health challenges and yep. um, as a family we decided that, well, now we have five, we're a Brady bunch of five kids now, so I've gone yeah. from one to having five kids under our umbrella. <laughs> um, decided that really um, my time was probably better spent at home, yeah. Yeah. So from that, so what, about 16 years ago, yep. you, you're still a registered nurse. But I'm you, still a registered yes, nurse, yeah. You yeah. decided to do, to stay home rather than go out and do these very hectic, yes. profession, very professional career-driven um, nursing opportunities yeah. that, you, that yeah. you came across. And sounds like you wholeheartedly grasped them and and. <laughs> work them to within an inch of their lives <laughs> yeah well that I guess that's what I like to do with everything I do is I like to grasp them and do the best that I can and make it into the best I possibly can to then pass it on to somebody else to make it even better so to just to take yeah. it on and yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that um at any of that point during that period that uh, like 16 years ago prior yeah in, in this crazy time busy time were you um, I say that, but, and I feel like I'm, I'm laughing because I know that your life is still very busy. It's still, it's still going on, just different. It's just different um, busy. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, during that period, was there any time where your physical 
health was something that was on your mind as in your or did you spend time did you go do yoga or pilates or run or did you or was it all you know your family and your son and getting all of that organized and your work like it doesn't sound like there was a lot of space in between but can you remember ever thinking about oh maybe I should be doing those things if you were or you're gonna laugh at my answer yeah (laughs) you're probably a Pilates instructor (laughs) no no I always used to live by the motto is don't start exercising because once you do you have to keep going (laughs) You're right. I am going to laugh at that. Please yeah. don't take that as a as a gospel, according to Bronwyn, because I don't think she would say that now. Well, I've disproved that theory now. Like, yeah, I, I don't think that at all anymore. Um, so for me, I I've never had like I've I've always looked after my health. I guess so. I've always like my parents um, brought me up eating fresh food not many sweet things you know sweet things were an absolute treat for birthdays or that sort of thing um dad always used to have the most amazing vegetable garden still does he's 91 still has an amazing vegetable garden and um and you know so fresh veggies and fresh produce was always the way we ate so I've taken that with me for the rest Mm. of my life and as you know with other businesses that I've run uh-huh. That is like health has always been a focus for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, but for me, like it wasn't a sickness as such, but um, I, like before I came to Tasmania, I'd never seen snow. Oh. <laughs> and so, um, friends of mine at school used to love skiing, and like I got into skiing through them. And, um, and I embraced that wholeheartedly, of course. Um, and um, I was up there for a long weekend. It was like the September long weekend in, I think it must have been 1990. And yeah. um, we were up there skiing and first day of spring and um, unusual snow at Ben Lomond first mm-hmm. weekend yeah. in spring. And so we were like living life. We were up at staying in a... Um, one of the chalets up there um, with you, one of my friends, their family was part of that what lodge. I think yeah, I yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were part of that lodge. And so we, we were staying up there and having a great time. And, you know, I think it was like one of the first runs of the day. We were right over the back and it was in the days of long skis, long, yeah. long skis. We came off the lift. My skis had crossed. And I didn't get them uncrossed in time. And I um, fell down the slope and I heard this massive crack and um, and I rolled down <laughs> and um, ended up that I had done a very good job of snapping my anterior cruciate, my medial and my collateral <laughs> ligaments in my knee, got oh. off, like taken off the slope in one of those um like you know, a stretch rescue thing. sled things oh wow had a consult with bernie i know who was you know one of the top australian surgeons at the time for knee reconstructions i had that up in the up on the mountain um because i was working at st b so he knew he knew me from there yeah. um he booked me in for a arthroscopy on the tuesday and i went home <laughs> <laughs> so from there on 
I, I'll shorten the story. We had, I had to have a knee reconstruction um, yep. and I had to learn to embrace exercise, <laughs> <laughs> which was way out of my comfort zone. And, um, and yeah, I kind of fully embraced that and the rehab was great and my knee was fantastic for a number of years. Um, and then it started, like, I actually started running and the, the sequence of the rest of my life and this was that director of nursing job that I had. It was a fairly yeah. high-stress job. Yeah. And so what I used to do is... Um, I think I'd actually, I'm, I'm now wondering whether I'd already actually gone part-time when I started doing mm -hmm. this, but I used to go down to Seaport and walk mm -hmm. in the mornings before yeah. work. And from walking, I started jogging a bit. Yeah. But then what happened from there, I was a bit sad in that my knee reconstruction started getting loose. Ooh. And I had to stop running. So, yeah, it got to the point where I had to have it re-reconstructed. This is a few years on from here. It wasn't an immediate thing. Yeah, yeah. But I think the running, whether it was just coincidental or it was what the precursors were happening, yeah. the whole thing that caused it. Um, yeah, I had. I ended up having to have it re-reconstructed. So Zoe would have been, she was in kinder I think okay early learning um yeah. and yeah I had the operation in Melbourne and then had and then came home and this reconstruction because I kept like Bernie I know said to me um you know you're not an elite athlete so you know <laughs> often we wouldn't um do reconstructions on people like you um but you know I'll only do this if you're going to ski again and do those sorts mm -hmm. of things. So I'm going, yeah, of course. So mm -hmm. I did. Yeah, but the reconstruction got loose and it was hard to, like, if you can't rely on your knee, mm -hmm. you can't yeah. go on steep slopes and things like that. So yeah. it got to the point where I needed to do something about it. Yeah. Um, so um, I got physio and got myself to a point where I was the best that I could mm -hmm. be. And then the next step was to have another reconstruction. So that's mm -hmm. what I did. Been back on the slopes. So good. I can go on steep slopes and I can, you know. Then, that's then, awesome. Yeah, and then started pushing myself doing other things and that's where a few years down the track there is where running started. So the, it sounded like skiing, though, was a bit of a, an earwig in your ear and the, the thought of not being able to ski anymore because of your knee yeah. wasn't something you wanted to contemplate. So that being like being consistent with your rehab and all of that was, and then having the other operation, you were happy yeah. to do all that because you didn't want to. Um, yeah, I liked not being physically be active. Mm. So, like, my parents had never taken us doing things like skiing or bushwalking mm. or anything like that. So I, I started exploring that, like, mm. my early 20s and, yeah, and you started falling up. in love with doing things like that, <laughs> scuba diving, skiing, you know, that sort of stuff. So what got you running in your most recent exercise foray? <laughs> <laughs> well, um. My husband yes. is a GP. Yes. And 
their surgery was embracing wellness for the staff. Mm-hmm. And so he had all, like, actually, I probably need to go back a little step um, in that we enjoy going to Coles Bay and watching the um, Preston Challenge. Yes. Yeah. And so one of our friends, they're very hospitable people and always have the runners and us over there um, after, you know, the event for the day. So we were there one day and um, John and I, we we kind of like we didn't have to do anything to look like we were athletes. We've we've always been thin people. And so, you know, people would often mistake us as athletes and we definitely weren't. (laughs) <laughs> um, we both like skiing though and um and so we were at one of these gatherings after the event for the day yeah. and somebody asked John which leg he'd run mm-hmm. and he goes oh no I'm not a runner <laughs> yeah. and they were kind of really perplexed by this and it started a whole conversation because he too had a knee injury and we were both told that we could never run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm. I was told I can never run, I can never do ball sports and things like that because um, my the flexibility of like because I'm so hypermobile, they call it yeah. in the medical world, um, it just causes my ligaments to overstretch. Yeah. So and that's what happened with my first reconstruction. It just mm. got loose over time. And so I was to never run because I, now I've got no cartilage left in my knee. Well, Lovely. very little. I've got grade four arthritis in both knees. Oh, yeah. And, um, and yeah, anyway, so John was speaking to this guy and he was telling him the story of how he also has little cartilage and had potholes in his knee and mm. couldn't run anymore. And he used to love running. He used to be like quite a good um, high-level hockey player at school and that sort of thing but couldn't even run to play with the kids oh and so um and so this guy started talking to him about midfoot striking yeah and john's a very inquisitive person and so mm-hmm. started talking to him about this and then researching it and then trying it on himself and so he tried he tried this method that seemed really weird at the time um, and he found he could run without pain. Wow. So that was the first thing. And then um, so he started, you know, running distances and brought, you know, brought those distances up. And this very event that I was just talking about was the Lonnie, I think it's the Lonnie 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, they have a 5K event as well, don't yeah, at the yeah. time, right? And so John was running the 10K because I remember him going out in Vermont. Is it Godric Street that they used I to think, go on? And they yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 so he was doing that. And uh, I think it was a group of girls, like there was a doctor and you know, receptionist and me and whoever else. We were all there together and we were walking it. And then at the very last second before we started, the person that I was with said to me, let's try running. <laughs> so you're at this dart line. <laughs> but let's try running. Let's see if we can do it. Wow. <laughs> and so we did. 
No, I surprised myself and I nearly ran the whole thing. That's amazing. Yeah. And so from there, it was like, oh, okay. And so then I started doing it properly and went to a physio because, of course, I was worried about my knee reconstruction yeah. going backwards and I didn't want that. Um, and so I went to Lisa Barnett, who... Mm-hmm is a runner herself and she does running assessments and um coaches people on how to alter your running style yep okay um, mm-hmm. i went to her and um she did all the assessments on me and we were talking about this midfoot striking thing and um i checked with my surgeon on the mainland because i was told of like I said, not to run again yeah. and explained this whole thing concept and he was happy for me to do it. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so um, and so Lisa and I worked together and I it, it's tricky to start with because it doesn't mm. feel natural because mm. we always kind of I, I don't know, I'm not a runner, so <laughs> you know, do actual runners heel strike or do they actually do a midfoot um forefoot kind of striking? Like I don't know. I think it depends on the person. Like people have different running gates, but there might be you know more consistent. I probably am a heel striker when I'm really tired, <laughs> and but when I'm not, I I'm more towards the front of my foot. I yeah, like interesting. Mm. So I'd never heard of these concepts, so it's yeah. really new to me. <laughs> and um, so yeah, so off I went and started running. Like I, because then I started doing it consistently, and yes. so then we started from the beginning because like. I, you know can I even say this can you can you edit this out if you don't want it but like that first thing like I'd had a couple of kids so the old pelvic floor wasn't so good <laughs> so the first thing was that we had so you could actually run <laughs> yeah of course that I mean and that's really important to bring up like that, you know, for women, especially when they when they get started, that can be something that comes up. So yeah, well, it wasn't exactly a pleasant experience. So um, I worked on that and um, worked with Lisa and started. I actually started running because that was really that was a kind of a run one off kind of. Uh, oh golly, I can actually maybe run. Yeah here and so then um I worked with Lisa and started really small and that's what I wanted to get across to other people Mm. is that then because I had to learn this new running style to actually Mm. be able to do it so we started off doing really I started off from the treadmill actually that's sitting right near me here yeah and um I started off there just doing I don't know it was a 50 minute it was something like 50 meters and then walking five minutes and then half you know 30 seconds and then walking five minutes and then you know just gradually increasing it till I could run 5k's on the on the treadmill treadmill and then we took it to land-based and did the same there and so it was you know little two millimeter shifts all the time to make a big difference and now suddenly I'm able to run 5k runs and then I'm in these running events and then I'm going to these things mainly because my husband's running and Michelle would go oh, you're, you're, and I'll go, you're a runner or you know that sort of thing and I'm going no I'm not a runner <laughs> so that is what I like when I see you and you ask me onto a podcast it's like hey I'm not a runner I like that that's you as part of my story like 
changing my mentality from I'm not a runner to you going, well, you're at a running event, so that makes you a runner. (laughs) (laughs) It is funny. On the podcast, we talk about identity and how because I have people who've been running as far as I know most of their life from what they tell in their story, and some of them still won't don't see themselves as a runner like it's quite a it's an identity yeah. question too it's absolutely like, it's, it's kind of interesting whereas other people the moment they buy themselves a, a pair of proper running shoes and go in their first 5k run like yeah, a lot of people a race denotes okay now I'm a runner because I've been in a race like mm. which you know it's, yeah I think we're actually all runners if you run to catch the bus you're right you're running <laughs> there you go. it's all about the meaning that we give to it exactly yeah it? so I, I find it quite fascinating how people deal with that because then we talk a little bit about injury and so if you have an injury that stops you running for a little while and, and you've obviously had lots of those sort of things oh, yeah. and, as, and your medical background you understand it too from that that point of view yeah. how do you if you are really attached to your identity as a runner how do you move past that if for some reason you can't run for a while because you have to get over yeah. an injury yeah so we talk a little bit about that maybe adjusting your yeah. identity well, to being you know I want to be a healthy person which I think you you already have you know been blessed from your your upbringing yeah it's brought, you know right through yeah. to where you are now yeah that's that's just part of my identity hmm. I am I'm a health like I would probably say I'm probably a health fanatic really like yeah you, you know, are if <laughs> if there's a green smoothie on the menu I'll have it exactly yeah um yeah not that I would judge other people for what they have but you know that's just me yeah so when was that um Launceston 10 5k that you did oh god (laughs) I don't even know run people probably tell me (laughs) I was trying to remember the last time like when I first saw you at one of the events that I was doing something whether it was a park run or one of the fun. No, runs. I've never done a park run ever. Oh, it was probably a fun run then. Well, there's there's something else you can put into your calendar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've kind of always meant to, but like Saturday mornings are kind of sacred to us because yeah. like it's a, a time for us to breathe and yeah. sit down and enjoy the sun and the oh, coffee nice. together and relax. Yeah. And now part of our routine is to do a long run. Can you believe it? uh weirdly yes I can <laughs> it's weird isn't it <laughs> I would never have thought that would be me yeah a million years ago oh oh well, here we go 4.35 k's on the 23rd of August in 2018 so that wouldn't have been an wow. event it's still a distance it is still a distance yeah so I don't I mustn't have um yeah you might I have recorded have it recorded other things yeah well, you only went out for a walk. You probably weren't even thinking about recording that one. No, I wouldn't have called that <laughs> exercise because that's just what you're supposed to walk on. <laughs> um, so do you find now that with both of you running, that yes. that's, a, that's a big part of the motivation to keep you going? Or are you feeling a bit self-motivated now? Or is it a... Well, funnily enough, as you may have noticed from my... Um, you know, from talking to you and other social media stuff that I've put out there is that I've been doing a lot of self-development stuff over yeah. the past couple of years. Yeah. So that really happened in COVID. Um, I, yeah, I was kind of feeling a little bit lost, I guess, in that my mm. kids were getting a bit older and mm. um, and life was changing for me. I didn't have a career anymore. I'd been out of it for 
what, 14 years or something and yeah. I could just step back into the roles that I used to mm. um, work in. And, and Sorry, for those who don't know, Bromman's also in that intervening time in the last 16 years since having her, um, her daughter, she's also done lots of, started lots of businesses which she's um, successfully grown to certain levels and and so not like you've just been the mum at home or anything and no, as you said before you're still the registered nurse as well yes, and I've do some things like that yeah. so it's yeah like I know yeah. you just talked about you, you, your skills are different now because you haven't stayed in that professional element of the nursing role that you were yeah in. yeah but, true and yeah so I had my produce business which is how I met you mm -hmm. yeah um yeah. and um yeah and interestingly enough my skills from nursing like the human logistics mm -hmm. was basically what I did in the veggie business so it was all about getting things from point a to b and then getting them out there again so it was all yeah, just exactly. yeah, same same but different yeah um but then you might remember there was fruit fly and and then the big flood um yeah. and we had six six people employed in that business that used to operate like we used to do one delivery a week yeah. um and um they were all coming up to our home to do it mm -hmm. and our home it didn't feel like home anymore it felt like a business place of business yeah. Yeah. um so we just reached a point where it's like i think we need to get this back again like we need it to be home um yeah. and so yeah we did decided to wind that up yep. um um and then where was I going with that Michelle well I was like where else like my point was that you had been you've been I really busy. Been... you haven't been stationary in the no. last little bit you've been very busy in the last 16 years oh um, yeah we were talking about COVID weren't we yeah you've been yeah and, and why you start why oh because you've been doing some um, personal development as well yes. and yeah, how that so, sort of dictates what you want to do with your running perhaps yeah so during COVID I um I, I was really busy I um got a project called Tassie Face Mask Project yes. <laughs> I knew there was another one that I'd seen that was pretty <laughs> another logistics based <laughs> sort of business and um and that was amazing and successful and um but I reached a point in my life where while that was amazing and doing incredible things, um, I just felt really like I wasn't achieving anything. It was a weird thing. Um, and I kind of felt that, yeah, I was doing that, but it wasn't something that, it, it, while it, I don't want people to get the wrong idea because yeah. it, it, it's an amazing thing that we did. Mm. We achieved a lot. Mm. But, you know, when you have a personal feeling of um, that I don't know, like, how I really actually, like, because I'm such a collaborator, it's a team mm. thing. And I didn't mm. know, I, I guess if I think about it deeply, I didn't know where my personal success had come from there. And so mm. I, um, I'm not one for putting myself out there and getting, mm. you know, badges and you yeah, know I don't like going in front of cameras it's not something I love doing at all mm -hmm. um so I wasn't looking for kudos or anything out of it but I just didn't have while I was super busy and had all this amazing stuff going on around me mm -hmm. and 
contributing to amazing things. I was super, super busy. Um, I felt this deep feeling that I was felt really empty and something missing, perhaps unfulfilled in my life at that time. Yeah. And so I went searching for stuff and Tony Robbins happened to come up. Yeah. Um, it was in summer and um, there was a free challenge yeah. that he offered. And so it was oh, 2020, we, were, we did Festivali because yeah. I was involved in Festivali. I was on the committee. Of course. And so that, we did Festivali and that was just before we started Tassie Postmaster Project. So it must have been the year after that, so 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was doing this challenge down um, at, you know, on the coast. And through what we were doing in this free five day challenge, I realized that I'd set a lot of rules up for myself in my life. Mm-hmm. And so for this to happen, like for me to be happy, this had to happen. And for this to, like, for this to happen, that had to first be in place. So this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So set up a whole heap of rules for myself, which actually weren't making me happy or fulfilled <laughs> personally. Yeah. And so Tony Robbins during that five-day challenge challenged me in a way that I'd never been challenged before. It was thinking about me and what made me happy. Yeah. And so running actually was part of it. Wow. And Yeah. <laughs> and so I had all these rules about running even. So. I only run in the morning. I can't run after I've eaten. I, you know, all, I could reel a whole heap of things off. Um, and so he challenged us to bust these um, rules that we have yep. um, because we have to do that to feel happy. And so what his little thing was that it's an incantation <laughs> that I used to say when I would go running then in the afternoon rather than in the morning just to prove to myself that I could do that and it didn't actually have to happen. That was just something I'd created in my mind. Yes. Um, but it wasn't fact. Is if you think you can't, you must. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And so that's the precursor for me starting this running journey of mine. And that's and I would probably say that was the proper running journey for me because okay. before that I was kind of learning how to run. Yeah. But from there I then started doing a whole heap of his seminars. Yeah. Because the the like virtual world opened up this, mm. you know, whole new opportunity. And like he's created like this $20 million course just incredible. Yeah. It's mind-blowing. Um so we went from, you know, that, that first challenge I did was in his basement with um, monitors on the mm-hmm. on the wall with all these Facebook, uh, Facebook Zoom galleries. Yeah. yeah. So then he has this $20 million studi- studio that he's created with 360-degree walls of Zoom, like <laughs> Zoom screens that they yeah. scroll through because, like, wow. the, the challenge that he just did, um, in January this year, mm-hmm. I was at, I actually was a mentor for. Oh, so wow. I've gone from being a, you know, a student to being a mentor. <laughs> of course, and, yeah. 
<laughs> and crew, I crew at his events now as well. That's amazing. So cool because I've learned so much from him and it's changed my life and the way I see things yeah. to being able to give back and help other people have the same experience. I love that. When I was yeah. um, when we were house sitting around the world with the kids, as you know, um, yeah. a couple of the house sitters we ran into, they had been um, long-time crewers at, at Tony Robbins yeah. events too. It's an amazing thing and you meet so many people from around the world who then inspire you to be better and develop yourself and, yeah, yeah. it's it's incredible. Um, so I did um, that challenge. I started running. I'm thinking if I can't, I must. And then a beautiful friend of mine who um, actually has um, osteo-strong in Launceston, oh, yeah. um, I started doing um events with her so she had um purchased all the like it's called mastery university Mm -hmm. and um and so she she was going to do all these events and then asked me to do them as her buddy oh cool and so I embraced that of course and we became buddies like tiny buddies and we started doing these events, which I probably wouldn't have done by myself if I was to be honest. Wow. And yeah. And so then at an event called Life Mastery, mm. so it's actually looking like you you are looking at your health mm. and yep. and um you go on a cleanse and mm. um and then in like you're in breakout rooms and they ask you to set a goal for yourself to do with health that seems so way out that you don't really actually think you could do it. And so my husband had started running marathons a few years ago. So, like, this is me who's only running 5Ks at the time, and I'm going, I'm going to run a marathon. (laughs) Oh, gosh, you did. So I set the goal. Yeah. And then I worked out how I was to achieve it. I had 12 months. Yes. Because I knew that I needed to do it slowly because of my injuries. I've had a back injury as well from nursing, you know, (laughs) got to a nurse who doesn't have a back injury. (laughs) And and then um, worked with my physio started doing osteo strong and had like um that strength training and pilates as part of my training and running and worked out for 12 months with some hiccups along the way the yep. injuries that you were talking about before yeah. and then ran the marathon in September last year and where was your marathon my marathon was in Burley <laughs> that's a very long way from Tasmania I just want to say it is a very long way from Tasmania yes <laughs> but it was amazing an incredible first marathon so why did you choose that one was there a reason that you went there is a reason um there's a couple of reasons um so my husband's on this mission <laughs> so he's he um his first marathon oh like if you really want I can go into the story of that too but he he um posed this like I'd never even thought that marathons were on his radar um but he decided he wanted to do a marathon and um it was because we were actually in London on the day of the London marathon yeah um yeah and um he saw all these people finishing and thought 
wow, if they can do it, so can I. But didn't share that with me at the time. Mm. And then he then said to me that he'd like to run a marathon. And I thought he was crazy at the time. But I love travel. Yes. And so, like, it didn't take me very long to twig this. Um, he talked about London Marathon, all of that sort of thing. Yeah. If he runs marathons, I get to travel. So we win. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hello. So the the rule was, you know, as long as the marathon requires a passport, you can do it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And so um, we then, his first marathon was New York and there's this thing called the Abbott Majors. Yeah, I haven't heard of that. To you. (laughs) Welcome to our world. (laughs) So London, Berlin, Berlin. New York, London, New York, Berlin, Boston, maybe Boston, <laughs> Chicago, Tokyo. Okay, are the six Abbott wow. World Major Marathons. That's and amazing. if you run all six, there's a special medal that you get. Didn't so know special. that. What? I know. I'm opening a whole new world for you. <laughs> you are. That's crazy. And so my husband ran New York for his first one, and then got in on a charity entry to London. Yeah. For last year. And then was looking at dates and Berlin was the week before London. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in a week moment, this is before I'd even said I was running the marathon, mm. I had said to him, oh, if, it, if there was ever a marathon I would consider, it would be Berlin. <laughs> and, of course, then he said that, well, you know, it's the week before I'm thinking of doing it. I went, oh, now I've got to take my foot out of my mouth and actually do it so um that's what I did wow and you found the experience to be what you were thinking I found the experience yeah so it ended up being a whole whole range of experiences really so um it's got a lot to do with my coaching and self-development mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So we talk about metaphors and things like that um, in coaching. Yes. Well, in coaching that I do. Yeah. We do strategic strategic intervention coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and like, um, what I'd found in my life when I started reflecting on it is yeah. that possibly from when I was a kid, moving around all you know from school to school to school I was talking about that as being an amazing experience because that's Mm. how I that's the meaning that I gave it but Mm. I'm guessing at one point in my time I find I found it traumatic I can't Mm. remember that Mm. Um, so maybe I blocked that memory but at that point I started building a wall around my heart to protect Mm. myself Mm. and we do this subconsciously as a kid Mm -hmm. Um, but then you continue doing it on into adult life until one day you realize that you are emotionless. <laughs> and why is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, metaphorically speaking, the Berlin Marathon has significance in that the Berlin Wall yeah. was coming down. And so, for me, that was part of my running journey and my self development journey that I was smashing down these walls. And if I think I can't, I must. So I yeah. did it. And, yeah, the walls are coming down. <laughs> That's amazing. So 
where to from here? Where, what do you want to do with your running going forward? Yeah, so going forward, like I, I think the marathon, the way I'm seeing it at the moment, I shouldn't say I'll never run a marathon, but that's mm. what I said. Mm. I, like I'll never not run another marathon. I can't see myself doing it. I mm. didn't, like I'm so proud of myself for, for finishing it. I think yeah. I had an out-of-body experience doing it because I can't remember most of it. Oh, but, <laughs> but I can remember, like, I, people, because we went with Travelling Fit and yeah. people running with us, some of it, it was our first marathon, some were seasoned marathon runners, and somebody said to me that, you know, don't think of it as a failure if you need to run. This You only get one first marathon and so you need to take it all in and enjoy the experience. Yeah. So yeah. I did take that on board because I actually was running with a stress fracture. Oh, no. And people, yeah, so so like I'd, I'd actually broken my foot training in like up in, it was in the November after I'd mm. set the goal, I'd broke my foot training up in the gorge grounds mm-hmm. um, and then that healed and then I started all over again in February. But couple of weeks before the marathon I'd been training on road because that's what the, it's a road race the mm-hmm. Berlin marathon and then we went down to Coles Bay and went trail running and that's where I got the stress fracture oh. Oh. and so like it, I was the universe was giving me lots of opportunities to quit mm. but I didn't and I yeah. pushed through if yeah. you think you can't you must I got confirmation yeah. from you know medical people that I wasn't going to Make any worse or anything mm. like that. I was told that it would hurt mm. and that I could take stuff for that, but just push through. Mm. You'll be, you'll be yeah. fine. You can you yeah. can still do it. So I was high-fiving all the kids on the road and you know, clapping all the people that were out there playing music and cheering for us. And you know, when you'd see the Aussie kangaroo, Aussie, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that got me through the whole thing. And then like I reckon it was okay before the end. This guy gets on, like, I, I, I walked for maybe a K or two yeah. um, while I took more painkillers and waited for that to start um, kicking in. And, you know, um, I, I didn't let the things like people saying to me, well, you know, you don't have to do this, you know, you can yeah. quit. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I have to finish, you know, that, yeah. you know, I'm not going to set this goal and then not do it. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and um and so like I had tape in my pocket like my, my physio told me to retape it um during the event and so I did that and then this guy came on at the end and he said you you look like you've got the face of determination and he reminded me of this guy Jesse Isler who um comes on in um in Life Mastery and he's an ultra marathon runner oh yeah and um, he, it just reminded me of him because he he told us this story about somebody doing the same for him. He trained with the Navy SEAL. Yeah. And, you know, you don't quit today. It's a great day. And, you know, it's all about what you say to yourself. Yeah. So this guy got onto the course close to the end and reminded me of him. And so with that, I picked up speed and ran to the end. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so it was it, it actually ended up being an amazing experience, but I just can't remember most of the middle because mm. I was just so focused on keep going, you can do this, yeah. and I was talking real in positive 
turns to myself, not, oh, I can't do it. I'm not going to make yeah. it. It's really hurting. Yeah. Um, where it probably was. But, you know, I can't even remember that. Because your body's done a good job of turning that off. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so what will you do with your running now? Um, I feel like I have proven to myself I can do it. So mm. what I my next thing is to do half marathons. Yeah. And like try and get good with times. Okay. So yeah. you're going to do half marathons that require a passport as well? Is yeah. that the plan? So Probably. wherever John goes to do his marathons, you'll do the half? A lot they of them don't have halves. Oh, they don't overseas? No, oh, there you go. no. I didn't know that. They just have, um, yeah, the full marathon. But, um, yeah, we did New Zealand. I, I, I tried to do New Zealand a couple of years ago, the half, yeah. and didn't make it didn't make it running the whole thing so just for me like being able to get to a half marathon like we were doing a half marathon every weekend on Mm. a long run a long training run so now I know that I can actually run a half marathon so to me it seems easy now yeah Um, yeah so I feel like I can I know what I need to do to be able to make myself stronger and be able Mm. to run faster so that I think that's going to be my next goal like tweaking my running how long do you think you'll run for in your life? Well, I'd like to keep running. Like you see, like, you know, at, we did City to Surf one year and I walked that mainly. Um, and, you know, you have, I'm 86 and, and still running, you know, this sort of thing. It's like, why not? Exactly. Why not? Yeah. 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 You don't have to run super fast, although some yeah. of the older people ran way better times than I've done. Uh, they're crazy. Um, yes. <laughs> they're amazing. It's, it's incredible. Like you just go, oh, my goodness. I know. When I realised that I was just sort world. of <laughs> I'm a middle of the pack runner and have always been sort of a middle of the pack runner, um, I was, or my saving grace was that I would just be, you know, faster when I'm older because, you know, everyone will have dropped off. But... <laughs> It doesn't work like that, I've found out. Like a lot of the people who are faster than me my age now don't look like they're stopping anytime soon. No, it's amazing. It's it's fantastic that people are taking responsibility (laughs) for their health and doing things better. Yeah. Yeah. So do you find your running helps you in your day-to-day life now? Because it could just be seen as something else you have to squish into what is often a busy schedule in Bronwyn's life. So, Or do you think that it you know, that it complements everything else and helps the fact that you've got so many things on your plate? I think it actually helps me because during that time, I find it very meditative. I I, I do cadence running. Yeah. So I run to music. Yeah. Um, and so I guess that's my musical thing coming in too, that mm. I like a beat. Yeah. So if I want to run faster, I put like, I've, I've got the, do you know about the cadence running? Like you have um, music. No, no, okay. So no. Lisa introduced me to it. So yeah. um, you can look up on Apple Music or whatever yeah. um, for you find out what your cadence is. So I started at 160 beats per yeah. minute. So yeah. you can look up music that it's 160 beats per minute. There's whole playlists yeah. for it. I know that um, I know that ideal is 180. Yeah. Like as in, you know, the ideal. Your running, legs running fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All it is is running yeah. to a faster beat. Yeah. And so okay. your legs turn over faster. Yeah. Yeah. And so it stops you running, like trying to run long, which is not what what I'm supposed to do. I don't know yeah. if that's, I, I don't know how other people run. I only know yeah. for me. Um, and so it just turns my legs over faster. Um, 
the only other thing that makes you go faster is my new shoes, which I love. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got the carbon ones. Yeah. So you love your new shoes? Oh, my goodness. I got fuel cells. So, um, yeah, the running company, like yeah. my running company got me into these. And he said, I think you're going to like these. Because, <laughs> you know, my husband and I are just a little bit competitive. And mm-hmm. so, so Mike puts me in these going, You'll beat your husband if you in if you wear these. And so, like, I put them on, and no word of a lie. Like, I went running with him and his running friend because yeah. I'm I'm more like if I commit to something, I'll I'll just do it. Like, if I'm yeah. going to run three days a week, I'll do three days a week. Yeah, and do whatever. Um, he runs with a mate, and so yeah. one day I ran, um, they invited me to run with them, and um. We get there and John goes, and I've just got my new fuel cells. And um, and John goes, oh, you'll have to excuse Bron, like she doesn't run as fast as us. <laughs> red red flag. Red flag. <laughs> it wasn't the best thing to say. So of course, I take on. Well, I'll show you guys. And so I ran my heart out. And oh wow. <laughs> yeah anyway consequently like you know that you can do it if you need to you have shoes that help you as well so we take anything that we can any advantage (laughs) any competitive advantage we can I love that (laughs) so do you run with John very much or is that do you mostly run by yourself um I run by myself during the week and Mm. run with him on weekends okay so we always do our long run together how often are you running generally um generally it would be four times a week okay and more are you you said before your rules you had your rules are you morning do you like to run more in the morning than you do in the afternoon or my preference would be to drop the kids off and then go after I've done that then there's no stress involved and whatever I used to run our dog as well but he's getting a bit older now and can't keep up the long runs I think maybe wore him out he decided one day he didn't want to come anymore. <laughs> do, do you um, like the training? He's, he's 13 and he's a Hungarian oh. So he's like, yeah. Yeah. Time he's good for resting. So multiplied yeah. by seven, 13. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we're the same. We've got a 13 year old um, border collie and he doesn't, he comes for walks but doesn't run. But we've also got a puppy, um, yeah. Kelpie now. So he's yeah. he's quite into running ironically we didn't run when he was a puppy but you know yeah it would have been helpful back then but anyway (laughs) yeah so so I'm fairly structured with what I like to do and because I've as you know I've just launched my new coaching business I'm just um working out how like obviously you have control over your diary with you Mm. when you work for yourself so I'm, I'm just working out where it all sits so we're yes. we're actually just leaving um, for Tokyo Marathon this week. So oh. um, my husband's running Tokyo. So he's only got yeah. So this he's only got Chicago and Boston to do after that, and he's got his sixth. Wow, that's awesome! You must be so mm. proud of him. Mm. Yeah. Incredibly proud. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and when you have a run, like when you do these things and follow him around and he's doing that and you're not, do you go for a run while you're there? Is that part um, of your thing? 
Yeah, because often they have like the breakfast run and things like that okay. the day before. So that'll be a 5K. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll do that kind of thing with him. We're not going with a travelling group this time. Okay. So we're going under our own steam. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll, but but often like Abbott majors will have mm-hmm. a breakfast run. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. Do, fun. You, do you enjoy running on the trails or the road more? What's your um, preference? My preference is the road, but there's a reason for that is because mm-hmm. um, it was before I actually broke my foot up in the um, bush, I started falling over. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think we're not we're not really 100% sure what's causing it um mm. but when I had my last reconstruction they bumped into a nerve mm. and I think maybe that I drag that foot along sometimes mm-hmm. and so it's not coming it's I haven't got enough clearance off the ground yeah so it catches on and so things. it catches on mm. things yeah so I caught mm. when I broke my foot I caught my foot on a rock um, but I had a fall in Hobart as well, um, two falls mm. on separate occasions, like, you know, just running different trails. And so it was like, well, maybe the universe is telling me to give trail running up for a bit. <laughs> but I feel like I'm not, like I feel like I'm kind of training myself to pick my foot up. So I wouldn't mind trying trail again because mm. I do love the trails because I love getting out in nature. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, hopefully that works out because, yeah. well, yeah, there it's there's other elements that come in when you're out there on the trails, isn't there? With a yeah, I'm I'm not sure whether it's my vision or my foot or, or that I just get like I just I just find that I have to look at the ground. I'll do is that what I, everyone else does? You just have to look at the ground. I think so a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's my problem that I get distracted and looking at everything else. Yeah. I'm really one for pointing out you know animals or special yeah. plants that I see and I'm not looking at the trail so then I trick like, <laughs> I don't know that could be actually the issue yeah it yeah. could be could be a bit of both who knows yeah. <laughs> what, what kind of things do you find yourself thinking about when you're running um I often like running's taught me so many lessons I guess mm-hmm. um that you know, the first was if you think you can't, you must, and I can. Like I can challenge myself to do anything now and and know that if I know if I can believe that I can do it, I can. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's it's really taught me a lot about mindset and challenging myself. And um yeah, I often think of things that I want to t- share with other people while yeah. I'm running as yeah. well. So lo- lots of running metaphors and that sort yeah. of thing um do you think yeah. it's because in some ways it can still our thoughts like you know you know that we have millions of thoughts a day whatever the number is anyway um and as a result that on top of our crazy lifestyle that we all have with phones and yeah. you know, alerts going off and just ordinary life stuff it's actually very hard to find those spaces where we can just yeah. either Let think or not think yeah. but just be yeah. And yeah. so running does actually give you that um, opportunity, I suppose. Yeah. There's a lo- lovely saying I love, like, be a human being rather than a human doing. Yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and you can be that even though you are doing running. <laughs> if that That's makes right. Sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the other thing, become... like, 
for quite me automatic. as well is like John has an incredibly busy career. Mm. Um, yeah. And so it gives us the opportunity to spend time together doing something that we both enjoy, challenging yeah. each other, but also connecting as husband and wife as well. Yeah. So yeah. it's also helped us improve our relationship because, you know, if you want to, if you want a great relationship, you have to work on it, don't you? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So it gives us time together, just us, no kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, so it's, awesome. it's running down a whole heap for us and we're able to travel with it. And, you know, that's another passion that we both share. Mm. Um, and then there's the interesting stuff because he, he really loves, um, helping people with you know other people who think that oh, I can't run because of my joints yeah. or whatever well yeah. actually maybe I if it's something that you would like to do maybe I can help you um yeah. and then we you know we we're both into our diet as you know so we mm. can help people tweak their diet to reach health goals and yeah it's just um yeah I, I like it when people can be proactive about their health and well-being and mental yeah. health and everything so yeah yeah, it's all um, it's all connected too. I think there's that holistic approach, which now that you guys have the the physical stuff tapped down as well, and you've already got the food element, and of course the coaching that you're moving in is all the mind stuff as well to a degree, the mindset yeah. stuff. So that's um, it's the whole picture, isn't it? Like it's yeah, it's actually if you only look everything... at one of them, you you're yeah. ignoring the other things, and that will often be the downfall of whatever you're trying to achieve as yeah, an individual. So it, it's interesting. Actually, John, John only mentioned the other day, it's interesting how, you know, everything I've done in my life is kind of converging mm, yeah. <laughs> to where I am now. And, yeah, I'm using all my skills that I've learnt. And, yeah, it's interesting yeah, and enjoyable. That. It's lovely. Really it's, it's so nice, actually. I had a coaching session this morning with somebody and um, it was amazing and, and I felt so good about it. And it's like... It's these feelings that I never used to allow myself to have, like being proud and enjoying yeah. it. And actually I did something that made somebody else have a better day or week or, you know. I, that's amazing, isn't yeah. it? Like it's a really good that, feeling. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and feeling the feelings is important. <laughs> yes. And just allowing them as well yeah. sometimes, not yeah. trying to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to get rid of the nasty ones, but just allow them. So we, we yeah. could do a coaching session right here. Just for people. Yeah, we could. <laughs> so what sort of, I just wanted to ask you a question about your coaching. Who are you aiming for? Who you who do you want to coach at the moment with your life coaching? Just out of. Yeah, so at the moment I am working with women. Mm -hmm. um, and I started talking to people like friends of different ages actually and talking to them about how I felt yeah. when I've, yeah, and I thought it was kind of maybe maybe it's a thing about it's my the age that I'm at or that's yeah. but um, you find that you talk to you know people who are five ten years older than me they are, there's people who were who are at that age feeling the same way as I was feeling and there's mm -hmm. people younger than me feeling that way too so that's what my focus is so I'm with. Um, at the moment, my focus is helping women. Um, I'm saying between 40s and 50s, but finding that, you know, 30s and even younger and 60s are yeah. also um, people, but um, I can help. But um, helping them through 
a six week program and mm-hmm. I'm aiming for people who feel like they've lost their mojo like yeah you know that yeah. they just have it's that deep empty feeling in your gut that you don't feel like you're Purpose doing anything and, and, yeah making a difference mm-hmm. and um and helping them find their sparkle yeah. Michelle Aww. yeah I love that awesome yeah. well um have you put anything online apart from just the little post I saw on Facebook. Do you have anything that's dedicated that you that we could put in a link in the face in our um, post for the podcast that we could send people to if they were interested in checking out what you're doing more? Yeah, I've got um, I've got a Facebook link page to my calendar, so people can actually just get on a um, mm-hmm. make an appointment to have a yep. call and we can talk about oh, it. Yeah, um, or they can contact me on my Facebook. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah, I'll give you a link links. to the website as well, um, and that links through to all of that stuff too. So, good yeah. plan. And then just so that we can, um, because uh, you know, no matter when people listen to the podcast, and just because we're recording this, you know, now at a particular date, podcasts are the slow simmering type of um, online content that can be consumed in a year or two years down the track so giving people the ability to jump in when they you know they hear something that sparks interest and they want to find out more I think is really valuable too and I think what you're doing is really cool that's amazing yeah so I mean reaching out on Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram Mm -hmm. Messenger is possibly the easiest way because those links won't go away yeah Um, yeah yeah yeah, um, and who knows? Who knows what happens to might change because yeah. I haven't got a, you know, official website yeah. at yeah. the moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, all right. I, I wanted to ask you before we wrap it up because I know I've already kept you for ages. And as you said, you've already done a coaching call this morning, so you probably used up all your words for today. <laughs> <laughs> um, Never. <laughs> I'm a talker. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> do you um? Can you think of a time in your training or a race, it doesn't matter, where everything just flowed? Like, can you think of a time where a run was just amazing? Not yeah. the whole run necessarily, but just a portion of it, just a, a moment in a run. Yeah. Well, even like even the start of the marathon was mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, we ran, I ran with John for a little bit of that. So we were at the start. We've got a photo of us at the start line. Um, the guy who was the official there took a photo of us at the start line. Wow. It was really cool. And then we ran on from that, and that felt really good um, for a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, I, I actually quite like running fast. Yeah. Yeah, which is maybe why I'm thinking that a half marathon might be more my thing because I can run faster whereas like Mm. you kind of have to pace yourself for a lot longer Mm. (laughs) unless you're unless you're like there's there's marathon runners who do it in crazy times but like we watched a thing on SBS somebody told me about the other day it's called I'm not a runner I think yeah um and you know as she says like if you're on that track for five hours it's a very different thing mm. to running it in two and a half or three hours exactly That's you know so it's true. a lot longer to run and to keep your body together yeah. and being yeah. yeah so um yeah I think short and fast is probably gonna be your thing gonna be my thing and not not short sprints I'm not talking like 50 meters or 200 meters yeah I'm talking five five or ten five or ten half. Yeah. yeah or a half yeah 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 um if you hadn't discovered running as you guys have at the moment what do you think your life would be missing? 
Yeah, yeah I think we, we would have had to find found something else as an outlet mm -hmm. or uh, yeah because for us getting out and running or getting out in nature maybe would have been been bushwalking or something like yeah. that yeah because yeah. we we love like you know it's nature is medicine to us like food yeah. is medicine yeah. um and you know we do that with our kids we you know take them out um, into the bush for mm -hmm. walks and that sort of thing as well and off technology and yeah. you know um, so I think maybe that's what we'd be doing but we yeah it's I think part of it is the getting outside mm. and in nature I'm not like I don't love treadmill running mm, no so I think for me part of the yeah the draw card for me is being outside and looking at different mm. things and yeah. so giving you an opportunity to really yeah to step outside more regularly than otherwise yeah because I don't so. think I would just go for a walk like mm. I need a reason to, isn't that ridiculous like you kind of need a reason and running's a reason for yeah. me it doesn't seem that like I should be home doing the housework or that sort of thing it, it it's a purpose maybe yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. oh I love that all right, is there anything about running, Ron, that we haven't talked about that you would like to share? Oh, I, I think we've pretty well covered everything, Michelle. We've had a fairly... On in, in and out? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of all intertwined, isn't it, really? like Yeah, um, I think that's, like I said before, that I think there's a big problem that we all have in, sometimes in our lives where we get really siloed where, yeah. you know, we just focus on on one thing, which sometimes has to happen in order for things to happen but survival <laughs> yeah but for our whole like holistically for us to be successful as a life for our life I think yeah realizing that everything is so interconnected and that if if you get too focused and to the detriment of other things in your life especially you know that relating to your health um it's going to not work out for you so no, so no. understanding that everything is connected I think is a pretty um big thing for yeah. all of us and I think like for me like coaching is really uh, coaching running has actually made like it's helped to draw me towards coaching mm -hmm. yeah I think because of the things that I would think while I was running it's mm. like oh, they, oh these thoughts could help other people exactly yeah, yeah. I could, maybe maybe if I did this I could inspire others to do yeah. something for their health or yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. All right, um, I'm going to wrap up. But before I go, what would you advise someone who wanted to start running to do? What would be your beginner running tips? I would say just do it and start start small. Nike. And just every day or every week really, isn't it? Like just increase a little bit. Yeah. And then before you know it, be you'll be in Berlin. a run or <laughs> doing Berlin. <laughs> just like that all right just I love like it <laughs> again massive thank you for being on don't jump off with us say goodbye to you off the recording as well but massive thank you for jumping in and sharing we could be talking for another three or four hours obviously okay, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> we have to get you back on and we can have like a coaching conversation that might be really fun. <laughs> I'd love that too yeah, yeah. all right yeah. thank you again. Well, thank you so much Michelle it's been Awesome, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. 
So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.